Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. CJ, 
by her mother's side, who is now taking over the kingdom business business. And you have Calvin, who's now trying to atone for his, you know, behavior and sins from last season and getting a realization you know, that he needs to do this the right way, atone for your sins the right way. Now, this comes from Deacon, we call him Deacon Kirk here. He's Deacon Dwayne on the show. You know, very powerful, very powerful message that he gave Calvin. And he told him pretty much, you cannot atone for your sins dead. You're going to have to be alive and making it happen, you know? You're going to have to face God and do what you need to do, face the people. And face the people is what he is doing in season, I'm sorry, episode one and two, as he has had to face the parents of Danita played by Loretta Devine, and why am I missing his name right now? I'm sorry. His name just slipped my mind, but he's reprising his role from last year, last season, as Denise's father, Louis Gossett Jr., and they are coming in, I mean, they are coming in with us. Storm. They are changing things around, and they are, you know, writing obituary, <laughs> obituary, and boy, they are really a handful. You have uh, Grandma, who is pushing Taj to marry Essence, you know, because she's married. I'm sorry, because she's expecting. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. And yesterday, in our church folk segment, we kind of jumped on quite a bit of, you know, our behavior as people of God. And we saw how the father-in-law was really unhappy with, you know, his son-in-law and his behavior and You know, never mind the fact that, you know, this is a forced relationship from the beginning between his daughter and her husband. And maybe had they stayed out, you know, she would have married Caesar, who does come back in, you know, season two. And, you know, just really showing his anger in a very unbecoming manner as a bishop, you know, threatening him, you know, telling him he he wished he had succeeded pretty much and, you know, he wished he had hung himself because he would have been more, probably been more successful. So, you know, we talked about that behavior. We talked about forgiveness and, you know, the fact that You know, we all know that it's not easy. You know, it's not easy at all to, you know, kind of wipe away the things that people have done, things that people have done to you, you know, as 
the a father who's watching his daughter possibly lose her life. You know, you have Danny's daughter, Danny's parents, who are, you know, um, confronting, you know, the pastor Jordan, who funeralized their daughter, but yet lied at the fact that he did not know her and he had had a relationship with her and they're having a hard time you know forgiving him for his behavior and you know we talked about the fact that you know we would like some time on this behavior on this forgiveness thing but it's it's uh pretty difficult you know, we don't know how much time we have here. And it would be real nice to believe that we've got years and years and years for God to wait for us to get it together, to forgive people for the things that they've done. But we don't. And we don't have that luxury of sitting back and waiting for people to, you know, act better or be better or, you know, do what we want to do or really show that they're sorry. And, you know, we're not being unmindful of the fact that we're human and we hurt. And, you know, it takes a lot to swallow a lot of things that people have done to us. But because we do not know our last day and because we don't know we really don't know what God is pardoning you know yes he knows us and yes he knows you know what we're enduring and yes he knows how long it's going to take for us to get over some things but I'm going to tell you something unless the Lord has told you about the time that you have here on earth. I don't know if you want to gamble the fact that God understands that you need a, a moment to forgive somebody. Because if he closes your eyes before you do so and he considers you to have been ready to forgive, we don't know how he's going to look at that. So it behooves us to, you know, expedite this thing and it doesn't mean being phony but it does mean you know putting a move on it it's just this belief that he understands and it's not to say that he doesn't but a lot of people are still in the mode of you know please be patient with me because God ain't through with me yet and uh, I don't know I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm not I'm not sitting back. I'm not sitting back on anything. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it does mean that I'm I'm pushing myself to do some things that are not easy, pushing to do some things that other people are slow dragging it on because if God had closed my eyes during the times when I've been severely ill, I don't know if he would have pardoned some of the things that I had not gotten through or passed. I don't know that. So I don't know if I would have woke up in hell 
or not. But all I know is he did give me another chance to get it right. So I'm going to take this opportunity to make sure I do it. So, um, you know, I'm thinking about uh, a lot of things we're looking at across the board and just giving God thanks that he does not deal with us according to our iniquities. Woo-wee! Because if we whining about the 70%, the 60% that he's smashing us with, I don't even want to know what we would be feeling if he were to smash us with the 112% that we deserve. So we need to get this thing together. All right? All right. Well, that's how we spent our Tuesday. Today, today is Wow Wednesday. Thank God we are in the middle of the week. So we're about to get this party started. But before we do that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that It's Due Time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. My grandmother had Alzheimer's and I remember we were all in the hospital room and for like 10 seconds she recognized who we were and then it was gone. So it's like a thief. It's taking away memories and um, who you are as a person. Over five and a half million Americans have Alzheimer's. That number may double by 2050. For more information, visit rightfocus.org. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. Yes, giving God thanks for ushering us into the middle of the week. And see, look what I just got finished talking about. You know, I just got finished talking about, about, you know, God closing our eyes and we not having an opportunity to make it right. And this is another reason why we got to put a, you know, a step on this thing. You know, when a person, you know, goes into Alzheimer's, they don't remember who you are, what's happened, and all kinds of things. So how can you be forgiven, forgiving, let me make sure I pronounce that properly, Forgiving if you don't remember anything. Oh, now imagine that one. Wow. 
that God has allowed your memory to go bye-bye and you haven't forgiven the way God has wanted you to. See? Can't take no chances. All right? All righty. So, giving God thanks for just being so kind to us. Again, for giving us another opportunity to get this done correctly. And I'm not going to make you wait any longer for our girlfriend, Vivian. Let's say good morning to Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? Uh, I am well, thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good. That's good. What you got for us today? Okay. Today on Socially Conscious, we, um, we have a series, excuse me, of stories that will have you saying, wow. So we didn't find a lot of interesting stories otherwise, but we found, found a lot of these wow stories. So we're going to get started with our wow stories of the week. First off, as many households are preparing for Turkey Day, some residents in NYCHA don't get to host Thanksgiving in their homes. Reports say that out in East New York, Brooklyn, dozens of NYCHA residents say that they will not have enough heat for the holidays and that they will not be able to prepare their Thanksgiving meals. Tenants say that since July 17th, they have been out of gas when the gas was shut off in their in their complexes. They say they were given hot plates that are good for nothing. As one lady said, it took her three hours to cook a pot of rice. And when she complained to management, they told her there was nothing they could do about it. So they've been having these heat issues again since July 17th. They've been in the cold. They've been without gas for their stoves, haven't been able to cook. And now to add fuel to the fire, they say as a response to the four months they've been dealing with no gas, NYCHA is offering a $15 gift card to every authorized household member for Thanksgiving. And tenants are saying that these gift cards are an insult, which we know. But the prices of groceries and the prices of food, there's not much you're going to be able to do if, God forbid, you have nowhere else to go this Thanksgiving and all you have is to rely on that $15 gift card. Next, we have a couple of police officers out in Columbus, Ohio, who are under fire after blaming an 11-year-old girl for sending photos to an online predator. A father posted a TikTok viral video of his conversation with two Columbus, Ohio officers who were responding to the man's complaint that an adult was grooming his underage child. The father says he called 911 just before 7 p.m. on September 14th. The dispatcher told him they would send a female officer. However, when officers arrived, 
there was a man and a woman, but they didn't show up until after midnight. The father says he informed the officers of the situation and said he was hoping that they could help him and talk to his daughter about the seriousness of it all, but that his daughter was asleep due to the hour. The female officer quickly tells him that his daughter could be charged with creating sexually explicit content and charged for making child porn. The father protests, pointing out her young age and saying she's being manipulated by an adult, to which the female officer responds, it doesn't matter, she's still making porn. Again, the father reiterates that his daughter is 11 years old and is being manipulated and needs help, to which the officer responds, is she the one taking the pictures, though? At that point, the father ends the conversation, telling the officers to have a good, a nice evening and goes back to the house. So the police department has issued an apology to the father and ensures him that the officers will be investigated for their unprofessionalism and their lack of compassion. So imagine calling the police to help you with your daughter and to help this situation and they are threatening that your daughter will face consequences for making child porn. What a mess. Next we have mental health problems are being included in workplace injuries. Reports say mental health problems are reported as the most common workplace injury to date. A study found that one in 10 workers experience mental health issues related to their jobs, and those issues are more common than any other kinds of workplace injuries. For example, mental health issues are 10 times more common than chemical exposure, and almost nine times more common than head injuries. They say they looked at non-fatal injury data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, fatal and catastrophic injury data from OSHA, and Google Trends data on workplace-related injuries. And workers' compensation lawyers are saying that mental health is being looked at differently these days, is being taken more seriously, so much so that you could consider a mental health issue a possible injury. They say companies are being urged to take a, a stance on mental health when it comes to mental health, and some have done so by adding mental health days to their benefit packages. But, of course, it is not commonly practiced as of right now. They say that although it's currently nearly impossible to file a workers' comp claim for mental health, lawyers are saying that workers should always consult with lawyers to see just what benefits are available to them. Now, this may be a ploy, and it is definitely going to open up a can of worms if they allow this to start, but it's out there. And with the state of this world, I wouldn't be surprised. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me. 
My Facebook username is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Scott. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. I'm missing something here, unfortunately. I, I, I missed something you said. Fingers weren't moving as quick as they need to. Um, you said something about there are ten times more common mental health issues than mental head injuries. Life. Am I saying right? Yes, mental health issues are ten times more common than chemical exposure and almost nine times more common than head injuries at a workplace. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, And there was something else that I missed here. Uh, Wow. Right before you mentioned that it was impossible to file a mental health, it was almost impossible to file a mental health workers' comp claim. It was right before that. Mm-hmm. What did you okay. say before that? Please. Uh, they're urging companies to take a to take a stance on mental health, and some are doing so by adding mental health days to their benefits package. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. And uh, please stick around just in case, because I still think I missed something. And we thank you for your contribution this morning. And uh, if we don't speak to you again, we pray you have a wonderful day and a wonderful turkey day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. Well. We're off to the races as we talk to our ladies this morning. We are missing our Lady Tamika this morning. And uh, we're going to say good morning to our Elder Natisha. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning to Vivian, Jantiz, and all of our listeners. Good morning to you. How are you today? I am good. I'm good. Preparing for uh, Turkey Day. Yeah, this is going to be your first Turkey Day in Chicago. Wow. How exciting is that? Well, actually, I am here in New York with my mother. Really? We didn't want her to be alone. Yeah, we didn't want her to be alone for her first um, Thanksgiving without her husband. Yes, yes. And I actually considered that. I didn't know if you were going to kind of take her with you to Chicago mm-hmm. if you were going to hang back. So God bless. God bless you all as you are hanging out here in New York, and we pray you have a wonderful, you know, it's a little, you know, somber, but, you know, giving God thanks for all that he has given nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so oh, we're talking about some wow news this morning. And speaking of Turkey Day, we have the NYCHA residents in East New York who are not going to be cooking as they normally would as they have been 
struggling with the hot plates um, this year, and they've gotten their $15 gift certificate to compensate for the fact that they cannot cook. What are you thinking about this here, Elder Natisha? I think that that's really sad, and I feel like nature should be held responsible for um, the fact that they're, they have not been able to have gas since July. There's absolutely no reason at all why those people are without gas for such an extended um, amount of time. And there is no compensation. You know, it's it's not even just Thanksgiving is not just about the cooking. It's about the whole family experience, right? It's about you and your loved ones in the kitchen, cooking your kids, cutting the onions and peppers and having family over. So it's the entire experience that a $15 gift card absolutely cannot compensate. And what it sounds like is they were like, all right, y'all go ahead on the Boston market and get that sliced turkey and get that, mm-hmm. that, that dry stuffing. And y'all go ahead and have y'all a Thanksgiving meal with this $15. You know, um, I think it, it really is sad. It's unfortunate. And I do think that someone should be held responsible. Heads should roll for this. Because being without gas for four months is, is unacceptable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Hey there. Let's say good morning to Shantice. <clears throat> good morning, Shantice. What do you think about good, this? Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning to you. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. That's good, that's good. What are you thinking about this uh, whole no-stove, $15 compensation? Hmm, is this okay? No, and that little, what was it, gift certificate they gave them was just a huge slap in the face. Like, you, it had been better had you not given them anything than that. And why is this? Even outside of it being, because obviously this has been going on for some months now, but it being Thanksgiving, you know, a holiday where you know people are expecting to get together or some people just like to stay home and with their immediate family or by themselves just, you know, do things internally and how now they have this huge concern that they have to be faced with that they can't even enjoy their holidays. It's like, so how from mm-hmm. July is almost the end of the year, and yet they're still dealing with this? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I agree with you, ladies. I I know it's true because, okay, Ernie's been gone since last year. Last year, the development that my mother used to live in, they had – um. Was no, it was before she passed away. They had some issue with their gas because we were glad she was here. We were glad she was here, and mm-hmm. they had the same issue with this um, hot plate and all of this stuff. And you know, we were like, "Well, what? It, what does that mean? You know, to give people a hot plate and expect for them to." Function Now, you know, if it's a week or two, you kind of tough it out. 
you know, especially those of us who own homes, you know, we know what it's like. We just got finished living off of a <laughs> off of a hot plate um and a countertop oven when we had um like a little fluke thing happen with our stove. And mm-hmm. here you have it, you know, where these people have the holiday season here and this is what they're suffering through. And I, I I feel the same way. You know, it's like, okay, well, go ahead and give them this little $15, you know, each person, so y'all go ahead to somebody else's house and make it happen, and at least y'all can contribute. Mm, wow. You know, it's it's they've had enough time to do what they need to do. And we mm-hmm. know that they've been negligent because look at last week's uh, a thing from Vivian where, where they have all these vacant apartments where these people still don't have, you know, the proper stuff that they need to move in. So this is really, mm-hmm. really something that they need to really get themselves together, you know, Um You're talking about $15 per person, and that's why I think it's where they're doing this, well, we're going to throw it to you so you can go ahead and have, you know, Thanksgiving someplace else, and at least you can contribute. So, you know, if when it's your when it's your home and you're experiencing these things, it's an entirely different issue, an entirely different issue than when it's someone else, you know, and now all of a sudden the alarms go off. So, you know, we're going to, you know, lift these families up in prayer, you know, that there are alternatives because everybody doesn't always have some place to go. And you know we 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 you know we really kind of sympathize with them because this is this is bad this is senseless it's careless and it's you know unsympathetic to people who are really going through some stuff here and and it's sad it's really a sad state of affair ah yeah. <sighs> all right we have this other issue where the father calls you know the police to kind of help with this uh, issue of these pictures, you know, with the 11-year-old daughter and the female of the, you know, (laughs) responding officers, you know, wants to share with him that she can be charged with making porn. Is this what you do Elder Tisha, is this, you know, I, I'm just going to let you know that this is what you're facing. Is that important? I think this is indicative of that narrative that um, it's, it's the woman's fault. I think mm-hmm. that this is another iteration of what it looks like for women to be shamed um, when they find themselves in situations um, with men and, and you know, uh, and sex is involved. Uh, this 11-year-old child who is being coached by an adult and responding. Now, it's not to suggest that she has, you know, no, um, no fault in it, right? Because by 11, 
you know right from wrong. And you certainly should understand not to be sending naked pictures of yourself. But I think the response of the police officer, instead of offering help to the young lady, was to accuse her of something. And I think that, unfortunately, is a narrative that we continue to see in the justice system as it pertains to women. How many court cases, you know, has there been? Why is Me Too such an important movement? Well, it's because you've had women be quiet for years thinking that no one would believe them. And so now you have a female, even your own species, you have a female officer who will not offer help and see that this young girl is being um, manipulated by an adult but instead of looking at the adult and then perhaps offering help to the young girl for her actions, you immediately point at the young girl and her involvement with it as though the adult doesn't have a greater responsibility because they are an adult. Mm. It's like unbelievable. It's that continuation that happens in our justice system. And this is on just like if you would, the, the, you know, the bottom level of it, but it continues to flow throughout the entire justice system in regards to how women are treated and blamed and shamed when it comes to um, these type of situations. Mm. Ah, Shantice, what are you thinking about this whole situation of, you know, I, I need to push and let you know that, you know, she's going to be, you know, charged. You need to understand this. Was that the time to insist on that understanding? No, and the girl was 11? Yes. Yeah, no. That. How about using your voice to maybe ask the father, can I say a few words to her and maybe start cautioning like okay this is why you have to be cautious this is why you you know you cannot be allowing this is why as much as y'all kids like to think y'all grown y'all have to make sure your parents know your every move instead of accusing because I, I agree 100 percent with elder Natisha. you know she's 11 so yes there are a lot of things that should be common sense to her but she is still a child so you as an adult, again, you're here to protect and serve. So part of your serving is now giving the information to people who do not know. She is a child, so there is still a lot that she doesn't know. But I believe a lot of this also has to do with if I accuse you and if I could possibly even push this narrative that she can get charged with all that, then that's less paperwork for me. That's less investigation that has to go on. That's less of this, less of that, less of that, because this is an open and shut case. Had she not sent the photos and you wouldn't have called us and this wouldn't have happened, and okay, that's it. Instead of taking this, I'm pretty sure had she said that, hi, can I, can I just, you know, as, as, a, as a grown woman, could I give some advice to your young daughter who is now in this crazy situation? I'm pretty sure he would have said absolutely because he called you for help. This could have been part of the help that you were given. Mm, you know, my my question is, why is it always us who have to smash us? 
I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like, why is it that it took you as a, a female officer to go through this instead of helping? Why did you insist that you go that route opposed to focusing on the matter at hand? And and I agree with you ladies at 11, you definitely know, you know, what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. However, look at the, the you know, the the, uh, the things that adults do. You know, we, we know better, and there are things that we're still doing. And I agree with Shantice. You know, yes, it was late. Yes, it was late. You know, and she was sleeping, but maybe you should have asked. You know, let, let me let me just do this while I'm here, sir. You know, as an as an officer, you know, I see this happen all the time. There are so many things that can go wrong here. Would you mind, you know, waking her up and and just letting me have an opportunity to speak with her? That would have been so much better than to go the the route that, you know. She went, and unfortunately, it takes us to beat us down instead of being more assistant, being more of assistance in this particular case. And it, it's sad because this is what we do. This is what we do. You know, this is, you know, if it wasn't for the woman, if it wasn't for the girl, you know, things wouldn't happen the way they happen. You know, if we watch what we do then things are better. And is that true? Yeah, in some cases. In some cases, yes. You know, had we not done what we was what we did, then things may not have turned out. We just got finished talking about this on Monday. However, does is that the bigger message that or the bigger issue you want to push? And unfortunately, you know, here we are again. We're not serving properly but you know just again another prayer that hey you know what let her discipline be what it needs to be and hopefully she gets the message and she can serve especially our young girls we want to definitely just help them help them not to become what a lot of these older women have become these older young women have become, you know, and and just see things differently. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's sometimes we just get beat up by our own so much that we end up doing more. You know, it ends up being more harm than good. Oh boy! All right, and for our final wow story. With this mental health issue in the workplace Now, I'm sure people are going to see the pros and the cons of this Because there are many on both sides uh, Elder Natisha, what what are some of the things you'd like to point out about this here? Uh, one, I guess that there is definitely a uh, a need for awareness in the area of mental health. I do think that um, it is important for employers to be able to identify this as an illness. 
I think my confusion is whether or not they are saying that the illness can be, um, that this illness can occur as a result of their work. So I think that's one of the questions that I would have around that. Like, are they saying that based on the work that I do, that workers' compensation can pay for a person who feels like they've experienced mental distress um, at the workplace? Um, because then, as Vivian said, I think that does get sketchy. And then you do have individuals that will begin to try to abuse the system. But I do think that nowadays we are seeing more awareness, we're seeing more people um, be fully, um, you know, uh, diagnosed with various mental illnesses. And I do think that, you know, uh, workplaces should make provision for it so that people can take time off so, because it's more productive. If you want a more productive employee, then you have to acknowledge when they're able to be at work and they're able to give 100% versus when they're not able to give 100%. Give them an opportunity to get the help they need, get themselves together, come back to work, and be, you know, productive. So I think it's a win-win for society as well as for employers. I think it gets sketchy, though, with how does a person identify whether this mental illness is something that is work-related versus not. Okay, okay. Shantice, ooh, I know this is a, mm-hmm, a little, the, the word mental health. <laughs> what you got to say about this in the workplace? What I got to say, no, immediately I... I thought of what Elder Nati has mentioned. Here we go with everybody calling out now because they got a mental health issue going on. So all you need is about eight people to call out on the same day. Now, what business is being ran properly um, where we do understand that this is something serious. And for those who take this matter serious, you know, I, I remember the first time I heard um, someone call me, and I said, oh, what you doing home? And he was like, I called my job and told them I need a mental health day. And I just started laughing. And I wasn't laughing at the, what you talking about, you need a mental health day. That was just my first time ever hearing someone actually say that to their boys. Like, wow, okay. But they, they were just working nonstop, and they just really needed a day off. And the job wasn't giving it to them, so they called out. You know, situations like that where if you are diagnosed with that and you know, now you're working a job and you know that, like other Natisha said, I can't be as productive today. I do more harm than good today, then I'm just going to stay home. Um, I I think with this, there definitely should be something else or maybe a few other things in place that would help to have some type of control over this because, again, now I know what it is to work at a job and you got literally about 10 different people calling out and all 10 people are just really convinced that their reason is valid as to why they're calling out. And the employees on the other end are like, listen, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so just called out, I need you here. And they're like, oh, okay, well, this is my plight, so I don't know about this, but good luck with today. I ain't coming in. So now what happens to, you know, everyone? Now everybody else who's there also needs a mental health day because now that's more work for them. So there should also just be some other things in place that would, assist with making sure they're serving and caring to those 
you know, who have this valid condition and, you know, really need the time off and the help versus those who may just use this as a joke or may just use this as an out to get out of the shift or out of a few days of work. You know, I have to agree with with both you ladies, and one of the things that, you know, I thought of was, you know, this is something that, you know, it has to be considered. If you remember, you know, there was an issue with mental health days for the students. And unfortunately, because you can't, you can't quite dictate you know, how a person handles anything. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. You don't know how much is going on in people's lives at the same time. This does have to, you know, be considered. However, it has to be done extremely strategically because if not, it's going to be real dangerous, as you ladies have said. You know, when you look up, it'll be, you know, a mess because, It'll be those who are crying wolf, those who, and those who will be, you know, in true need of it. And now, when they need it, you know, now they'll get the scrutiny that the police officer gave mm-hmm. at the door with the dad. So, you know, it, it's they're coming up with some some good stuff, you know, as we hear. There's some good things that are coming down the pipeline. The only thing is is execution and the proper planning of these things so that it, it it does benefit the way they've designed it to benefit everyone else. You know, I um, we work from home and I gotta tell you, we're living in like a real <laughs> empty nest here. We've got this huge house which just Shantice Myself and Tamasia. Tamasia's hardly here. When she is here, she's in her room. But when I tell you some mental health days need to be up in this house, <laughs> I say some mental health days need to be up in this house. One of the reasons why I did not get to your prayer this morning, Elder Natisha, because we just laid down five minutes before it was time for people to start getting up. So, oh, you know, no. it, it, yeah, we just, we just went, we, neither one of us have really had any sleep. So the conversations you're getting mm-hmm. is only by the grace of God right here. But it, it, so it doesn't mean that you have to really be in a full workplace. You know, sometimes when this machine has to go on, I'm looking and I'm holding my hand. And I'm like, Lord, I can't take this tack in the day. I just can't take this tack mm-hmm. in the day. It, 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 it's based on who you are and what you're doing and what's going on in your life and what's going on in your surroundings. So we do know that the mental health days, you know, are needed in a, in a workplace. But, again, because people are people, you have to be real strategic as to how this gets laid out so that it benefits, you know, everyone. And you're never going to get around those who are always trying to cheat and beat the system you know, so, you know, we applaud them, applaud everybody for, um, you know, for, for really thinking of these things because we think about how many people have committed suicide, how many people, you know, have, you know, just kind of lost it from being overwhelmed mentally. So, whew, 
You know, we really got to get this together. And they're try- And like I said, you know, you really see where there's effort being made to consider things now. These things would have never been considered back in the day. But, you know, they are being considered now, and we really got to, you know, get and get this stuff laid out properly. Look at the, the issue we just got finished talking about with the people who live in NYCHA who can't have a Thanksgiving day. You know, it, it, that that's something that could really send some people over the deep end. It may not do it for us, yeah. but it could be it could do it for someone else. And you know, we can't underestimate this stuff here because we don't know what else they may be contending with. So, you know, again, you know, in your workplace, when you go into your workplace, make sure before you even leave your home, you pray. You know, I used to go to work and I used to say, okay, I'm going to pray when I get there. And then, you know, something hit me and I said, no, nah, I'm going to pray on my way. And then something hit me and, and I was like, uh-uh, when I, when I pray in the morning before I leave the house, I'm including that in my prayer. We've got to end prayer, those things in prayer, because, you know, things go on. People, the things that go on in the workplace, the things that people are going through in the workplace – so keep your workplace lifted in prayer. Keep the people who are working there lifted in prayer. Keep the powers that be lifted in prayer so that, you know, the days are not so hard on each and every individual, okay? Because everybody's bringing something different to this job. Everybody's bringing something different to this mm-hmm. job. So, you, you know, you want to pray for peace. You know, just, you know, a level of peace at the job because everybody should be busy and, you know, doing what they need to do, and that's not what goes on. You know, some people come to work and, you know, they're wreaking havoc at the job because they can't do it at home, and it's just a mess. It's just a mess. So, you know, we're going to pray again for this whole layout of this mental health plan that they have for the workplace Workers' comp won't get all twisted either because they have a way of messing things up. They make it worse, you know. So, you know, let, let's keep this all lifted before the Lord. I put, I specifically did not choose a topic today, and I actually thought of doing something this morning um, that, you know, might you know, might be good, may not. But, you know, I'm going to leave it to you ladies. And I'll start with you, Elder Tisha. Is there something that, you know, maybe you're, you're seeing, maybe you were thinking, maybe it's on your mind, maybe, you know, is is something that you just want to discuss? I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the floor for you ladies this morning. Um, I do think uh, something that is worth discussing is, how do we care for uh, widows? And here's mm-hmm. the reason why I think that that is a relevant conversation. I know about seven women who've lost their husbands. And it, mm-hmm. it seems to continue to be happening. Now, these are people that I know. But then even as I look at social media, I keep seeing women who've lost their husbands. And so... As a community, as a family, how do we care and support these, you know, women who now find themselves um, 
in this place as, as, as a widow? And what does the Bible say, you know, about that? I think that's okay. a worthy conversation. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, you know what, since you put the question out there, Shantice, we'll start with you. Hmm. Caring for the widows. Yes, we read about that a few times biblically. Um, again, serving those. I always um, interpret it as God saying, caring for those who have now lost, you know, so now there's like a level and a form of weakness that they have because, you know, they've experienced the loss, whether it's recent or, you know, in the past, but yet now we're sent to now serve them, we're sent to care for them, we're sent to strengthen them in God, you know, be that support system that they need. You know, now be, um, we know that we can never be a technique like a replacement, but to to care for them, to, to be there for them, to stand up for them, to stick up for them. You know, I I believe there's even um, one of the times that widows were referenced, they were speaking on like God was saying, like, don't try to take advantage of the widows because there's a level of vulnerability that is there. And if we step up, in God on behalf of them now, we can be that support system. We can be that strength. We can assist them in, you know, feeling better emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. You know, like what Elder Natisha and her family is doing for her mother-in-law, you know, it's like a no-brainer. Okay, well, guess what, Ma? <laughs> we're spending Thanksgiving together. You know, like, okay, whether we're here, whether we're in Chicago, but this is what we're going to do, not only because we're family, but because we know your situation and we know what you need. You know, even if mom was to say, oh, I don't mind being by myself. Okay, great, beautiful. You be by yourself when we leave. But to be that support system for her and to be there for her, and a lot of times we don't think, again, going back to that servant, we're not thinking that they need that. Okay, okay. Good thought, good thought, good thought. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw our girl Vivian up in this conversation, see what she's thinking. Good morning again, Viv. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. What are you thinking about how, you know, what uh, Elder Natisha said? You know, how do we now serve the widows? How do we care I think for them? that this is... This is a great topic, like she says, like every day you turn around, you look on your social media, somebody has lost their spouse or they lost their husband. And um, as important as husbands are, it is very important to discuss and understand how to help a widow. Um, <laughs> I remember just recently, my husband went away to a men's retreat and I was with the church and my sister told me to walk to the car. And I was like, by myself? She was like, oh, how hard it is to be without your husband for one day. (laughs) So you don't even realize how much you depend on your husband Mm -hmm. until, you know, unfortunately they're no longer with you. So you have to pretty much, like, help the the now widow kind of rebuild that, that independence to just be able to do without now. And even just the small things, you know, we may think of the big things like, oh, you know, she doesn't have that financial support or that emotional support. But it's even as far as just the little things that they now have to learn or, you know, relearn how to do on their own. 
So just supporting them in that way as well, you know, just being there for them, just kind of giving them that little boost that they need. You know, maybe we might start out doing things together. Maybe we might start out doing things as a as a family or maybe just you and me. But I do have to help you now, you know, regain your independence and, you know, lean on God in, in a way that you probably never leaned on him before because, I mean, if you got the right husband, husbands play a very big role in your in your family and in your marriage. So it's like even down to the little intricate things. You really have to support them in ways that you probably never would have even thought of. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing, for sharing that. Uh, before I even speak, Elder Naitisha, what are your thoughts? I agree with everything that has been brought up. I think that it absolutely is a change. It changes your lifestyle. Um, But the encouragement is that, you know, the word of God says that he is a defender of the widow. And so his protection and um, his, you know, his eye concerning the widow um, will help to sustain her and, and, or him and, and move them forward. And so we thank God for, you know, for that promise. But I do think that as a society, just even being mindful, and, and I think the reason why this is so important is because we're so self-centered and we, mm-hmm. you know, can just move throughout our day without consideration of our neighbor and the person, you know, who's in our building who may have just experienced a significant loss like a spouse. And, you know, we'll just give our condolences, give a card, and think that's the end mm-hmm. of it, but there's ongoing support, you know, that, that, that is needed and that can be a blessing. And so I just think, you know, for those of us who are a part of the body of Christ, it is a sensitivity and an awareness of those around us who have experienced such, you know, a devastating loss, and we find out ways that we can support. Mm, yes, very true, very true. You know, I... Oddly enough, yesterday I was reading Acts, and, you know, Acts 6 starts off with, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in numbers, Mm -hmm. a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Mm -hmm. I'm looking also at James 1.27, where it says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. 1 Timothy 5.3, Honor widows who are truly widows. You know, there's there's a real concern, you know, God is very concerned about those who have lost the covering of their home. And I mm-hmm. think what has happened is, and I'm, I'm going to say it, the, the failure of the male species, they have mm-hmm. really failed mm-hmm. greatly. Um, and because of that, women have been so, they have become so independent. That even women mm-hmm. who have husbands a lot of times behave as though they don't have a husband because they're so accustomed to being independent that they just move. They take 
you know, control in areas where, you know, years and years ago, you know, men did these things. And not to say that, you know, all the men back in the day were perfect, but definitely different than it is now. And, you know, God is saying, you know what, you know, these, the the men who are truly men did their job and played their role that when he is, when he's now, when he's no longer in the home, it is a loss. It is mm-hmm. a major loss. It's not just a loss. It's a, there's a lot of things that are no longer there in place because mm-hmm. the husband is not there. So maybe there weren't mm-hmm. even any children in the home anymore, but still he is covering that home, and that's what mom or wife has always had that, you know, security. Um, she has that remembrance. She has that you know, thought, you know, of how the home used to be, and she's, like Vivian said, very dependent on him to do things, you know. We immediately miss a man around this house when something needs to be done. Even if you think about that, you know, this this, this is falling off. Oh, Lord, this is falling off, and, you know, we can't get to it because we can't reach it or we don't have the strength to fix it. I mean, everything, every little thing, like you ladies said, even, you know, not just the big things, but even the small things are important. And now that mom no longer has dad in the home anymore, it, it now everyone needs to rally around her. Not just the children, not yeah. just the grandchildren, but everybody. The, the the Bible verses said nothing about who should be supporting the widows. It says that we mm-hmm. should be supporting the widows. Mm-hmm. So, again, it, interestingly enough, you know, I thought about, you know, Elton Itisha's mother-in-law, and I was like, I wonder if they'll take her, you know, with them to Chicago and, you know, if she'll allow them, because you know how, some, you know, sometimes we just don't want to leave our familiar surroundings, blah, 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 and, you know, give her like different uh, uh, surroundings, or if they'll hang back and, you know, you know, spend the time and the, the holiday with her, um, you know, to kind of help cushion, you know, this um, blow um, that she's just experienced. The, the love that she's now no longer, you know, she no longer has with her. It's our duty. It's our duty to cover these women. And 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 like Elton Itisha said, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's like you're here today and you're going tomorrow as far as the support. Everybody's rallying around you. Uh, I have to say, I, I went, I told Shantice, I said when I I went I went to the the wake and it's not to brag I'm just telling this is why I'm saying what I'm saying and I told Shanti I said man when when they opened up that door just the support of he was a deacon and it just I mean they were there I told Shanti to say yo they were there they were they had their stuff together. They had it tight. I was like so, and this is what the church is missing now. I can't tell you the last mm-hmm. time I even saw this. Actually, I, I, I was like ranting and raving as though it was my church. I was like, yo, <laughs> and God really revealed to me while I was sitting there and I was watching this, and I said to her, I said, God pointed some things out to me. And he said, as I'm building this this ministry that I'm giving you, I want you to pay attention to all the things that that have been lost. 
Watch what they're doing. They no longer do this. I mean, they were, I'm, oh my goodness, it was, and I said, this is what it needs to be. So, you know, you could tell that, yo, they were in place and they were doing their thing. It was, and it wasn't going to be, you know, lost on time or lost in time where it's like, okay, as soon as it's done, it's over, it's going to be puffed like smoke. We have a responsibility to rally in the immediate moment and to rally, period as the time goes mm-hmm. on, because as the time goes on is when she's really going to miss him. She's, it's mm-hmm. really going to mm-hmm. set in that he's not there. It's really going to set mm-hmm. in during the holiday time and during the birthday time and during this time mm-hmm. and that time and when, 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 when maybe they had a, a, time, a season where they would vacation or a season when they would do this or that. When those times come around... He's not there anymore. So as time goes on, they're really going to need that support. They're really going to need that that family. And it doesn't just mean biological family. It just means family, loved ones, period. So, you know, as mm-hmm. as we, you know, look around and we see that, you know, the losses are there for these um, widows, let's make sure we do what we need to do to make sure that they still have the support that they need and, you know, keep them lifted in prayer and keep them, you know, keep them on speed dial. Let them know that you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking of them and that you're praying for them and that you're checking on them and do you need us to do anything. That stuff is going to mm-hmm. really, really matter. So thank you so mm-hmm. much, Elton, I teach you for bringing that, um, that, that topic up and, you know, hopefully everyone will just think about it a little differently today. Mm-hmm. Shantice, is there anything that comes across your mind that you'd like to, you know, just discuss today? Maybe something you saw, something someone said. Uh, well, actually, I just came across something, and I was asked this question by a student Monday when I was in a school, um, these zodiac signs. Mm. They have been, it had died down a lot, and now there seems to be this resurfacing, rebirth of, what's your zodiac sign? What's your zodiac sign? What's your zodiac sign? And it's like, half of us can't even get one plus one. Why are we worried about zodiac signs? But nonetheless, I'm thinking about the emphasis that is being put on the meaning of zodiac signs. And I understand that there are some people, you know, who ask, you know, because it may not be something that they live by, but, you know, something that they may follow from time to time or they've read some things. And, you know, I, I've read some things regarding some things like, wow, that that is true. You know, I may do that. But then there, you have the people who live by the zodiac sign thing. And then when we learn what that ultimately symbolizes, how God associates that with witchcraft and, you know, and the, the sorcery and so on and so forth. You couldn't tell them that, but it's not about what they think, it's about what God is saying, and it is. You know, it's like, well, why all of a sudden now where it's, um, you know, with me now being an older person, it's like, wow, God, I'm really an adult. You know, and even hearing, I, I'm having... Eighth graders ask me, "What's your zodiac sign?" and really waiting for the answer. And I'm like, "Wow, okay, so we're here for career day, but you worry about a zodiac sign, okay?" 
it's like, well, what, what, what's with the emphasis now? You know, so I, that's the question that I've been kind of having. I haven't had a chance to speak to someone who actually, like, lives by it. Maybe just people who may just ask, you know, just to ask. But it's just weird how it seems like it has really died out, and now all of a sudden, this is a thing again. Okay, okay. Mm, Vivian, what's your thought? Uh, I'm not sure why it's being brought back up. My thought was, like, maybe it's the spiritualism that people are pushing now. Like, that's becoming a very big thing with the, you know, the the universe did this and speaking things. Uh, I forget the, the, like, the terminology they use or, like, the crystals and the sage and stuff like that. Maybe it's because those things are being pushed a lot more. That also, you know, like, the zodiac sign and astrology stuff is being pushed out a little bit more. Not sure why it's really coming back as big as it is, um, but definitely having to teach, as you said, like a student, some students came and asked you, definitely having to teach mm-hmm. our young ones, like, it's not, it's not, it's not important. Like, is it, you can't hang on that. Oh, you're this way because you're a Scorpio. You're this way because you're that way, because you're this. It's definitely having to teach. And maybe it's that, because God has been turning up a lot lately, because the world has been turning up a lot lately. So he definitely Uh needs us out there, you know, educating our children, educating our youth, educating ourselves, and really speaking his truth. So maybe when you Uh thought, oh, I'm out here to speak on parade day, maybe it's like, all right, but we got some other things that we also have to look at in regards to these kids and definitely get into them as early as possible because we speak about it all the time how they're how there's a war on kids how they're after our kids how they're pushing these you know lgbtq communities and things like that on our children the satan club like you know there's just just even when we're not thinking about astrology when we're thinking about more of the quote-unquote bigger things maybe god is like pointing out to us like all right we could we have to we have to worry about the big things but we also have to educate them on these more smaller things because if we don't the world is definitely going to do their job and teaching them what they mm-hmm. have to be followed so maybe it has absolutely. something to do with that absolutely there's a great possibility of that viv it's elton i tisha mm-hmm. um <clears throat> a couple of things. I think that it's the subtle things that um, we forget about. The subtle things we forget about, like the exposure of um, all of these things coming up on social media that pop up. And, you know, let me tell you what your name means. Let me tell you mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. what you look like and what your friends and what your future and how many kids you're going to have and what this next year look like. I think that is one of the ways that the enemy slyly introduces, because part of the human experience is that we're all longing and looking for identity. And so the enemy has understood that if I can pop up in spaces and places that are populated by people who are looking for identity, then there's an opportunity to introduce what the Bible calls divination. So this idea of zodiac signs and astrology uh, the Bible in the Old Testament identifies all of that as divination. And even if you go back further uh-huh. and and do some research on zodiac and, and where it stems from, 
It's this from the Chinese calendar. Mm-hmm. And so and it was the Chinese calendar and them serving the religion Taoism. And so again, right, we'll have our kids just be introduced to these things because they're looking for identity. And we say in kids, but I know adults who are very heavy uh-huh. into, you know, zodiac signs and things of that nature because they're trying to understand their identity. They want to understand the turn that their lives are going to take. We always want to know what's going to happen to me in the future. What can I expect? They're looking for hope outside of God, and that is the danger. You're looking for identity outside of God when the source matters. And so you're turning to divination, false gods, looking for these things when, in fact, you should be going to the source of all creation, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, <laughs> there's a, as Elton, our teacher brought up, I have two Facebook pages. I have Stephanie Griffin, which is straight for class, you know, classmates and friends and family, and I have Coach for Christian Life, which is strictly for pastors, evangelists, and everything that, that, that has to do with Christianity. I almost never touch Stephanie Griffin. I, I can't tell you the last time I even opened that thing. All I do, and I don't do a lot of scrolling at all, but I have to tell you, it is very common for me to open up Facebook and see these circulations of these undercover astrology things. Mm -hmm. People are Mm -hmm. answering them, and they're like, let's see who else will answer, and they'll kick it, and they'll share it um, with others. And I'm saying to myself, y'all don't realize what this is? I'm not filling this out. You know, nobody's thinking because, again, you know, wherever your head is, that's, you know, that's where your head is. You're not thinking. And, again, the enemy is so sly that he uses this stuff to get in. And we don't realize that we're participating in these things, and we just push it over to other people. You know, it's something else to do. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't think we realize how this has resurfaced, and it's because of things like this. And I thought it was just me, Shanties. I was like, why does it seem like now everybody talking about their sign? Their sign, their sign. And I'm, I'm going to show you how deep this is. I've had a couple of people, and someone in, in recently, within the past year, say to me, well, you know, we were talking about life, and they said to me something to the effect of, well, I'm a cancer, so I figured I'd always die from cancer. And I, I was so because wow. I when I tell you, wow. I, when you know, sometimes people will say stuff to you, you order, you kind of prepared because when I tell you this, I was stuck because I, I was like, where would that come from? And I said, okay, explain that to me, help me. I said, because I have to tell you, Pastor Steph, Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie Griffin, I ain't stuck too often in life. Yeah, I always got to come back. My mom is Ernestine. Always got to come back. Yo, you caught me off guard on this one. and But I need to 
understand a little more what you're talking about. This is how deep this stuff goes. And someone said something like this quite so many years ago, but not like this to this degree. But this is what these people really believe this stuff. Well, you know, they said that, you know, when you look at cancer, cancer is this and that, and they say this about cancer and that about cancer. And, you know, I figure I got to die anyway, so I must go die by cancer because why else would I be born under the cancer sign? And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. This is how this is wow. where we've fallen. This is how far we've fallen. And I was like, Wow. So I really took the time to, you know, to to speak to the person. But this is how deep it is. You know, where people mm-hmm. really hang everything on this these signs and you know well uh, I, I was looking at TV the other day and, and somebody well it was playing and somebody said well you know uh, you know cancers or whatever's a sign or oh, Scorpios 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 one woman said that she was interested in this guy and he said well you know Scorpios are are, are really don't are not compatible with Gemini's and mm. she was like oh okay okay never mind then ha. <laughs> And so the person he was standing next to, they was like, is that true? He was like, I, I, I heard it, and I, I didn't want to hurt her feelings and tell her that I wasn't, um, you know, um, interested. So I used that because I know she's interested in the signs, you know, astrology. But people really, you know, people really hang their hat on this thing. And if we could only get them to hang their hat on Jesus, the way they hang their hat on all of this stuff here, um, okay. you know, but... For those who are really, and again, I've I've heard some some Christian people talk about this astrology thing, and I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Are you mixing God and astrology? No, I'm sorry, this 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 ain't gonna work. And you know, you, you just really people who are, I'm finding. I don't know about you, ladies. But I'm finding more and more people who have declared that they are Christian to be more in this world and adapt and pick it up mm-hmm. more of this worldly mm-hmm. stuff more and True. more and more as time goes on. And this mm-hmm. is one of the areas that they're picking up, um, you know, that they're following this astrology thing. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 isn't it good to know the truth? Oh, my Lord, when it says the truth shall set you free. Amen. Like, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not so hung up in all of this stuff. It would drive you crazy. Oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. Vivian, what about you? Is there something that has come to your mind or you've seen something and makes you scratch your head or what? I was actually watching this video recently and they were discussing deliverance and one guy asked like, oh, you believe in that? Like, you believe in deliverance? And his argument was that <laughs> his argument was that like, you're you're always going to struggle with something. In this particular instance, he was talking about porn and watching porn and masturbation. And he was saying how you cannot be delivered in general, but in this instance, you can't be delivered from a porn addiction because when you think that, oh, I've, you know, I've got this down, I've been delivered, it may 
pretty much bare its head and now you've fallen back into that. So in his head, he was saying you can't be delivered from anything because you always have to depend on God in order to not fall back into whatever that, that you know, that thing is. So mm-hmm. I was, I was just, I, you know, I was like, this is something that needs to be discussed because you have people who will fall on that. And now that, that becomes an excuse. Mm. Well, what's your thought? Well, I believe that you can be because it wouldn't be in the Bible and God wouldn't speak on it. God wouldn't make it, you know, put it out there. There was no possible way for you to be delivered from anything. And I understand where he's coming from that you need to, you know, uh, you need to lean on the strength of God and the Holy Spirit and to, you know, not fall back into those temptations. But and some, you know, you may have some strongholds, but in some instances, I do believe that God can deliver you from certain circumstances, maybe certain addictions and things like that. But to say that, to, to put it in those terms, like, oh, you believe in that? I think that's dangerous. And to put that out there, like, like you're giving people an excuse to now do what they do. That's like people that's like, oh, you know, God is still working on me. And, you know, he knows my heart and things like that. Like, you're giving people a, a, a way out to do what they really want to do. Mm, all right. All right. All right. Elder Natisha, this deliverance thing, you really believe in that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I am a recipient <laughs> of mm. what it means to uh, experience the delivering power of God. And I mean, I think in order to answer this question, right, we always got to define it. So what does deliverance mean, um, biblically speaking, or in the Christian faith? It means to be set free, to be liberated, right, to be rescued. It's, it's the salvation that God offers to us. But I think what can become confusing, even as I listen to what um, Vivian said, the man said to her, the confusion is based upon spiritual work and uh, our human, um, our human experience, because that was a question that I had, uh, that I always um, struggled with. What does it mean to be delivered, and then what does it mean for me to still be a part of the human experience? Well, the human experience, right, is it, we're made up biologically um, with the ability to have sensory, sensory remembrance. So if I was drawn to something, if there was something that was a a big part of my life, there'll be sensory remembrances to those things. However, deliverance says, I take the power of its grip from off your life. So if pornography was something that completely gripped you, human experience, yes. It was something that you were a part of. It was something that you did frequently. So in your human nature, you will remember it. You will, it will be something that is not foreign to you. However, the, the ability to say that I am addicted, I have to have it, I need to be going to it, that's the spiritual power of deliverance, is that you are set free. No longer does it have its grip on you. So absolutely, I believe that um, the greatest, a power of God is the fact that we are able to be born again. We're able to be born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but then in coming into relationship with Jesus, we're able to be born again, and that is to be set free. That is to receive the salvation of God as our kinsman redeemer, 
to free us from the things that had us bound. So, yes, we can be delivered. Doesn't mean we won't remember in our human experience. Doesn't mean we won't still even be drawn or have an attraction toward it. But deliverance says no longer does it have power over you. Alrighty, Shanti's deliverance. Do you believe in that thing? Of course. Then why did I strive to give up alcohol and sex and all of that if I didn't trust that God could deliver me from it after He showed me why I shouldn't be doing these things anymore? But this, He ain't trying to tease me. He ain't say we'll just stop for about. 50 months and then you can go back. It's so that he can bring you out of it. And I really like what Elder Natisha brought up because that not keeping that thing before God is what has a lot of people go back to it. You know, so there is very little deliverance when, okay, I've been doing this all my life, or I've been doing this for X amount of years, and then I may go two, three years without doing this, so I've arrived. I don't pray about this anymore. I don't talk to Jesus about it anymore. And next thing you know that you're doing it again. Now you're starting all the way from the beginning because you haven't kept it before God. Still something that you need to keep before him. Still something you need to pray about. The prayers may be a little different, but still acknowledging that once upon a time this was a struggle and to continue to ask Jesus to help you move the way you need to move. But if there was no such thing as deliverance, then what was the resurrection about? What was Jesus' sacrifice about? What, what is the Bible about? If there's no such thing as God having the ability to completely pull you out of the things you should no longer be doing, pulling you away from the people you have no business being with, pulling you out of the places you have no business being, then then what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, <laughs> deliverance, do we believe in it? That's our staple as people of God. You know, things I used to do, I do them no more. That's the declaration. You know, that's that's the staple that God has delivered me from. Can you imagine if there were no deliverance and we just kept doing the same things over and over again, and then new things got added to the old things, and new things got added to those. Oh, my gosh, where would we be if there were no deliverance? And thank God for for deliverance, for getting rid of the old things out of our lives so that it makes room for us to tackle and face different things in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is not going to be shaken off at the same time when you give your life to the Lord. You know, you're not going to start being a thief and a murderer and an adulterer all at the same time. Each thing gets dealt with. And as that thing gets dealt with, now you just got to face the next thing. And I just can't imagine life without deliverance, without being set mm-hmm. free. Where's the testimony to another individual that helps them to become delivered or to get delivered from something. Your faith, your faith is built on deliverance. When you look back and says, my soul look back, look, looks back and wonder how I got over, how did I even come through some of that nonsense? 
I used to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't use drugs. But Lord knows there were some things he had to clear up, and he is still clearing up in Stephanie. And this is why I don't care what anybody says. As God gives me new things, I'm going to declare those things. I am going to preach those things. I am going to teach those things. I am going to testify of those things. I'm going to tell people what God is doing with me because I know where I've come from. There was a day I couldn't talk like I'm talking right now. Why? That's because of deliverance. So yes, I believe in deliverance because there would be no Stephanie if there would if there were no deliverance. I could not imagine. Shantice always always we always laugh at her when she said, "Listen, you, you just can't have more than one struggle." It, because how could you live? You you talk about mentally ill. Oh my gosh, you'd be twisted if you had to deal with all the things that God needs to clear up out of your life. Right now, there are still things God, things that God needs to clear up out of our life. Can you imagine if he hadn't cleared up anything? If we hadn't been delivered and set free from anything? What we would have to contend with? So you know what? I proudly say thank you, God, for your deliverance. Thank you, for delivering Stephanie from all that you have wiped out. And I walk around today and I say, thank you, God, that I no longer do X, Y, and Z. Thank you, God, for bringing me through such and such a thing. When I watch people with the struggle that I used to have, I say, thank you, Father. Thank you that I, I you just helped me with that and I don't face that anymore i already know what to do to stay away from that and i don't have to worry about that anymore as long as i keep you right beside me as long as i keep you as the head of my life this is no joke so you know what thank god for the truth again i say again today thank god for the truth the truth of who he is the truth of what he does, the truth of what he can do. (sighs) That's the only way you can lay your head down at night, whether you go to sleep or not, (laughs) is just knowing who God is and just trusting him for the big things that he does in your life. Uh, This was a good conversation today, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your contribution into today. You know what? We got one more thing. We got one more. We got we got five more minutes. We got five more minutes. There's a quote that I saw, and I wanted us to comment, each of us to comment on this, um, on this quote, because I think this is really, 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 really important. The quote is, stop looking for the perfect church. Go worship a perfect God today with a congregation of flawed people who need grace as much as you do. I'm say it again. Stop looking for the perfect church. Go worship a perfect God today with a congregation of flawed people who need grace as much as you do. Shatis. 
Yes. First and foremost, ask God to plant your feet at the church you're supposed to be at. Stop trying to pick your church because when you try to pick your church, you try to look for a perfect church, which does not exist. Because the church is meant to be there for the spiritually sick. So while you're trying to pick, it's almost like when you try to pick a man or a woman, you're going by the specifications that you have instead of asking God, where do you want me to be where I can not only be a blessing but receive a blessing and understanding that ain't nobody arrived and everybody just is jacked up when they say, say, neighbor, neighbor, I'm just as jacked up as you. Everybody's messed up, okay? The pastors love to say, say turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, they're not saying enough of those things, all right? I'm just as messed up as you, and I probably did three more fractions than you did this morning. A- amen? Amen. Okay. So let God plant you where you need to be, and you will notice that even amongst the other rejections, like you're a reject, you will feel right at home because he's going to make sure you are exactly where you can receive and be a blessing. Okay, thank you. Who was that? You clapping? No. Oh, <laughs> who was clapping? <laughs> that was me. I didn't hear anything. Oh my preach. goodness gracious! Oh my goodness, that was hilarious. Vivian, turn to your neighbor. <laughs> I hate that. Ah! I can't stand it. I agree. Stop looking for a perfect church because as soon as something goes wrong, now you upset and you ain't going to nobody's church ever again. There's no such thing. Like people are at the church which means you're going to deal with issues. You're going to have to deal with people. You're, like, there's going to be things that come up. But if you're looking for, for perfection, you're not going to find it. Even your pastor is a person. They're going to deal with their own things as well. Nobody is a perfect person, so you're not going to be able to find a perfect church. Just go there with your mind made up, that you are chasing after God, that you are there with a purpose to follow Christ, and... Just be an adult. Be mature. Learn how to handle learn how to handle problems when it comes up in the church, and not just run away from them all the time. So, like Shanti said, yes, just pray to God to just plant your feet where you will be able to prosper, where you will be able to be healed, where you will be able to be delivered, <laughs> and stop looking for for perfection because it's going to get you, it's going to put you in a mind frame to where you're not going to be able to receive what God has for you because you're you're always looking across the table and looking at everybody else. You're too busy worrying about what everybody else is doing or not doing, looking for perfection, that you're not even able to hear what God has for you there at that church. So, yeah, stop looking for, for a perfect church. All righty. Uh, Elder Natisha, the clapper. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us? <laughs> uh, no, that was, I, I love that. That I mean, I think everything that everyone has said um, is spot on. I mean, I think the only thing that I would add is that perfection is subjective, right? It's not based on facts. It's based off of opinion and emotion. And so when we say that we're looking for perfection, 
what does that stem from, right? What experience do you bring to the table that you are creating this definition of perfection from? And and even using Shantice's example, right? Like if we did turn to our neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, I'm perfect, catch up. Could we really experience the move of God or the flow of God in that type of atmosphere? It's when we all come into that one collective place called church and we identify that we are all in need of a Savior that allows for healing, for deliverance, and for the perfect, you know, the, the perfecting of our faith. That is the thing that can be perfected. And even still, it is an ongoing journey. But daily, we are seeking to be perfected in our faith and our walk with Christ. And it's that realization, that humility that allows for us to really experience a beautiful sense of community because that's what church offers. Church offers community. And so regardless of what your family looks like, you may have a beautiful, robust uh, family or you may have no family at all. But at church, you're able to find extended family members that will show up for you, that will be there for you, that it will lend listening ears, that will pray for you, that will encourage you. So let's, 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 Let's throw perfection to the side because it's subjective and it's based out of our sinful nature. <laughs> it, it's based out of our sinful nature. So let's throw that aside. Let's humble ourselves and let's really just see the beauty in each other for who God is to each one of us and who God says we are individually. Amen, amen, and amen, ladies. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. Great, great, great conversation. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed, blessed, blessed holiday weekend. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Let's take this time to go before the Lord, holding hands and holding hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you with grateful hearts, as humbly as we know how, dear God, thanking you for a brand new day, a brand new day with brand new possibilities, brand new hope, Your promises reign. You have awakened us with brand new tender mercies and another reason to be grateful and thankful. Thank you, dear God, for all that you have done for us to even get us to and through to get to today. Mm, We thank you, God, for the conversation. We thank you for that investment one more time. Thank you for the sisterhood. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the kindness. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the goodness. Mm, Thank you for the openness. We're so grateful, dear Heavenly Father, to you because, God, every day that we wake up and we have another opportunity to just listen, Another opportunity we have to minister. We realize how blessed we are, dear Heavenly Father, that we don't have to hide under a bushel or in a cave. And we can openly say thank you. We can 
openly worship you. We can openly praise you, God. And we don't have to worry about anything. Just giving you what we have, giving you our first fruit, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, God, for just choosing us. Thank you for choosing us today to be recipients as we just, some of us just, just sit back and we just listen and we absorb and we take in everything that you are putting out for us today. For those of us who are chosen to minister, we thank you for the opportunity to share the good news of Christ. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for being recipients as well. We're not just giving. But we're able to absorb We're able to receive And we are so grateful Thank you God for the words That have been put forth Even the news We thank you dear Heavenly Father Because it gives us an opportunity To see how blessed we are Not one of us That ministered this morning Has to be concerned about eating on a hot plate And we can't have Or host If we should choose to Thank you Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, God. We we lift up Elder Natisha's mother-in-law right now, God, as she has suffered such a loss. And as your word has given us to care for the widows, God, we pray that she's just so abundantly surrounded, so abundantly supported, beginning with her family, God, who have already made the, the uh, declaration and the commitment to rally around her and to show her love so that she doesn't have to be alone at this time, God, and we thank you. We ask you, God, that all of the loved ones and friends are there for her, God, not just today, not just yesterday, but on a continual basis, dear Heavenly Father, filling in whatever void that they can. We know that the loss is the loss. But, Lord, we know that you're going to just give her what she needs. And we pray, God, that everyone continues to make that commitment to be used, as well as for her life and any other widow's life that we know of, dear Heavenly Father, that exists. And we thank you, God, for that word even going out today that reminds us that we have a, a responsibility and an obligation to the widows. God, for those who are putting their hope into the stars, the sun, the moon, all the gods, we serve one great, big, wonderful, amazing creator, and that's you. And we pray, God, that the word was given today that we only have hope in you and your son, Jesus, that nothing can take your place, nothing can predict the future, nothing holds our fate, but we have to turn our eyes upon you. And we would make that declaration and that commitment to give of our best to you. For only you deserve our praise. Only you deserve the glory. And we pray that as we're talking about it, that more and more of your people would talk about it and help those who don't understand, who are desperately seeking answers, that if they look to you, 
You have the answer for it all. You have the whole entire world in your hands. Thank you, Father. Lord, for those who are questioning deliverance, the four of us are here to declare that there is deliverance in you, that there is deliverance from your son who died on the cross for our deliverance, that we don't have to be held bound by anything, that the enemy does not have to have a grip on us, that we have options, that we can make a choice, that we can be set free if we position ourselves accordingly, that we can be set free if we make up our mind to give our life to you, that we have an option. And we opt declaration of deliverance. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you that you delivered all of us from things, not just one thing, but things. And that you're still, that you're still cleaning us up and cleaning us out. And we will continue to give you our life so that you continue, that you can continue to be the great big fixer. Oh, we love you today, dear Heavenly Father, and we pray for every listener. We're thankful today that we can be in this seat right here. As we go into the Thanksgiving holiday, dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful to you that we have its due time with Pastor Steph for whatever it's done for each and every one of us. That it's a launching pad to the day. That it helps us get through. It helps to set the tone for our day. Not just a couple of hours, but for the day, which helps to change our life. We pray for every due time crew member that's not on today. That they would continue to be blessed. That they would continue to be grateful and thankful for all that you have done. Thank you, God, for paying the bills that we could even be a part of the broadcast, that our Wi-Fi, Internet, phone service is not turned off. And no matter how we've had to scrounge to get it, you provided it. If someone came and said, you know what, I got your bill this month, we thank you because you gave someone excess so that they can be a blessing to us. However the bills got paid, we know that it was you. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. And we thank you, God, that we all have a key that works into a door that we can go into and we can close and shut out the world and just spend that time with you, that you've given us that opportunity to just spend with you that we're not homeless, that we're not living a life where we're hungry, we don't have clothes. And, God, we lift up the migrants to you, dear God. Those who are struggling right now just for a place to lay their head. And, Lord, we pray that we know you have an answer. And we pray that they look to you for when's coming to your help which cometh 
our help. Only you have the answers, and we're so grateful to you that you have the answers for us, for them, and everybody. We pray for those who are leading these countries, every single individual who has the power to control. We pray, God, that they give you their life so that you can dictate how it's all done. Lord, leadership is is nothing like it used to be. The integrity has gone down the toilet, and it is very well for the fact that we have said, no, thank you. We don't want you. So we've asked for Saul, (laughs) and that's what we've received. And, Lord, we pray that this world would turn itself around It would look to you that we would become infectious. Those of us who are called by your name, those of us who declare you are the head of our life, that we would stand up tall and strong and loud and proud so that we can draw men unto you so this world can now just make an about face. Thank you, God, for again introducing yourself to us in a special way. And we continue to give us, give your life, our life to you, God. Thank you, Father, for just loving us. And we will not forget that you have loved us first. And we need to extend this love to our fellow man. More and more better and better than we did yesterday. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm. So much that we have to be grateful for. You know, my prayer is that each and every one of us who are, you know, a part of its due time with Pastor Steph, whether you're a ministry, whether you're just, you know, someone just sitting back and laying back in the cut, just absorbing all of this good stuff that God renders to each and every one of us every day that you have a safe, a wonderful, a happy Thanksgiving day. You know, even for those who are on a hot plate, giving God thanks that they still have a home. Because those such as the homeless and the migrants, they don't even have the hot plate. And, you know, as as terrible as it is, like I said to you, we just kind of, I would say, what, maybe a month? We spent several months without a stove for a glitch, a glitch. We didn't even realize that all we had to do was flip the, <laughs> the little button. But we just, we just switched gear. When the stove went down... You know, I was like, you know what, thank you, God, we got this this double hot plate sitting on top of the cabinet. We have a a countertop um, oven that we happily use. And for five years, this home was in foreclosure. For five years, this home was in foreclosure. And to cook on a hot plate, I'll gladly do. I'll gladly cook on a hot plate because the mortgage 
is paid by the grace of God. So there's there's something to be said about being grateful and thankful. Giving God thanks because the first time it was $88,000. The second time was $100,000. And we're here. We're here today. Ministering out of this very home. Blessing people out this very home. This home, had, my mother used to call it the group home. <laughs> because everybody came here. She said, Stephanie, you're taking all the strays. You're taking everybody. Anybody who needs you, just welcome to my house. It was just something that God just put on my heart. If there was a need, how many people come through here who need to eat, who don't have food, how many people we feed, we pack up food to give. I have no complaints. I have no complaints. So even... You know, as as bad as we feel for those who have to cook on a hot plate and who can't have Thanksgiving the way, you know, we want to, we all want to, we sympathize because we understand and we empathize with them. But I give God thanks that they have a place that they can call home. It may not look the way, it, you know, they may want it to look. It may not even feel the way they want it to feel. But God is the provider that he is. And we give God thanks for everything he gives. This house is not necessarily the way, you know, we want it to be or the way we want it to look. But I, I give God thanks because the, the, the improvements that he's made in his home, the physical, structural improvements that he's made in his home, I give God thanks. When this house should have been toppled and crumbled, it's still standing. So when we when we say thank you to God, let's be thankful and grateful for just the little itty-bitty things. It may not be what we want it to be, but it's what God has it to be. So let's all say thank you. Let's all gather, you know, reach out to someone, check on someone, say hello, say I love you. If you've got an egg, share that egg. Whatever you need to do to help another person, make sure you do it to make sure it gets done because God needs for us to do it. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, because they only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until... Monday. Oh, the due time crew is off for the rest of the week. We'll give them an opportunity to celebrate and share with their families and minister on another level. And uh, they don't have to get up early 
on Thursday or Friday morning. But God spares, we'll be back shaking the Monday morning blues on Monday. Have a wonderful, blessed holiday and your extra day off. A wonderful weekend. God spares our life. Oh, I love you.